Hello, queens. Just putting it out there. I'm a fat bottom girl, so I'm going to get on my bike and ride. Hope you can too. Thanks for tuning into the Seaside Pod Review, a podcast about the music of Queen. I'm Randy, and that guy? That guy's Kevin. And once a week, we gather to discuss our baseless, uneducated opinions on random songs from the catalog of one of the most eclectic bands in rock and roll history. Brand new angle, highly commendable. Seaside Pod Review. Yeah, I, I really despise Facebook. Actually, as, as time marches forward, I just I mean, yeah, it's just a it's a tool, and like all tools, it's frustrating when it doesn't work well, right? Call me a tool. I'm not not only that, I would say you are either a uh, a drill bit or a reamer. You're a boring tool. Honestly, don't know why I put up with you. You fucking love me. What are you talking about? You know. Yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I think that's a good way to start the podcast, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> is that the uh, is that the official um, pronouncement from the church of "Go fuck yourself"? By the way, that's right. Yeah. Did I not mention earlier in an earlier oh, yeah. episode that I'm a fucking preacher? <laughs> I can see. I mean, you see. You have your yourself. you have your robes on. <laughs> Tonight. I do. Yeah, it's like, oh, oh. And your uh, com- communion beer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So, Mr. Woods is drinking something from uh, out of province. You, you're betraying us. Why are you drinking Albertan beer, Randy? Well, I'll tell you why, Kevin, because uh, uh, this weekend I went to Edmonton, Alberta. And while I was there, I sampled some of the local offerings. And uh, what I got here is a New England pale ale. Despite not being anywhere near New England, they have the audacity to brew a beer and then title it New England. It really should have been New Edmonton. And I tried to point it out, but you know what? Honestly, nobody would listen. Surprising, those Al- hey? Those Albertans, unless you've got unless you're drinking their oil, they don't care. Unless you have a diesel dually idling outside the bar, nobody's gonna give you the time of day. That that wow. reference might that reference might be a little too uh yeah, I don't, know, I, don't know what a, I don't know what a dually is. I don't know. I was, I was just going to slough that dually? one off. Oh, well, so uh, a, a great big truck, a diesel, mm, and yeah. the, uh, with, with dual tires on the back. They call it that, you know, a dually. It's got oh, d- dual tires on the back, okay. and they're driven primarily by gentlemen that work on oil patches and whatnot. <laughs> and I've played many, many a bar, and I mean many, on many, many a night, in the winter, and those guys would arrive at the bar, and they would leave them outside idling all night. There'd be two what? dozen trucks out there idling all night. Yeah, because yeah, they would, would rather not shut them off. They would rather just keep them running. So fucking nice yahoos! And, it'd be nice and warm when they'd jump in there when they were fucking <laughs> three sheets to the wind. Yeah, and just drive home drunk. Yeah, yeah. It's a funny thing. Like I mean, for our listeners in in the UK, like it definitely. I mean, it's it's, it's changed. I think a little bit now, but especially in those small towns, like the culture around drink driving is very, very different in the UK to what it is in, I'd say, rural or small town Canada. You know, it's really nothing to guys just go eh, eight, nine, ten beers, whatever, just drive home because you're, you know, the excuse is, well, you're just on sort of backcountry lanes, you're never going to hit anything. But still, it's like fuck me culturally, that's that's not a good thing to do, dude. Like you know, yeah, yeah, it's just normal. Unaccepted. It wasn't really even terribly long ago that it was uh, 
not all that frowned upon to drive right in the middle of the city after you've had a bunch. Yeah, for sure. And uh, not that I had any part of it. Well, of course not, Randy. Not that I was anywhere near this, but I've heard stories. <laughs> I might have been close. Let's put it this way. Yeah. No, I, Sitting next to the person who was. <laughs> been pulled over when we were youngsters, and then uh, they would just pour, just make us pour the beer out. Yeah. Or they would throw them in the trunk of the cruiser, and I'm sure exactly I knew what happened to those beers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they were in the back of uh, the liquor store, drank themselves, and then they drove around. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. What goes around comes around. Well, anyway, look, that's all nonsense, Randy. We're not here to talk about all that bullshit, you know. Well, we're here to talk about oh, music and about Queen. Oh, yeah, but... why are we here? Well, I, I should say, though, before we get into that, actually, the I think last episode or the one before we talked about a, a death. I mean, I can't remember. Who was it? it was, did, we, did we talk about Randy? Shit. Who was it who died the last time we were talking? Oh, 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 oh. Uh, Christy, uh, Christine McVie. Christine McVie, yeah, which I... Yeah. Let it find out that I was definitely saying wrong and you were right. So on the pronunciation front, we said it was it's a drawback. So it was two episodes again. So we've lost um uh Mr. Backman. Hang on. No. Bacharach? Bacharach. So I'll do Bert Bacharach, yeah. Yeah, Bacharach. If I, I want to edit that out, I'll, I'll leave it in. Well, that's what you know what? I make mistakes. I'll leave my mistakes in Randy. I'll own my mistakes. You know what, Backman, Kevin? What are talking about? You're you're just a person, okay? Well, and I'm not sure exactly why you hold yourself to a regard. It's higher than everybody else's, but uh, you stumble, you stammer, you're a man, not a child. Yeah, I'm not going to pretend that I was a, you know, but not. <laughs> I don't, I don't have Burt Bacharach's fucking collection in my, you know, I, I don't, I don't have all his records, but it's kind of one of those people like Randy Newman who's just always there and what well, Leonard Cohen, you know what I mean? Those guys who just contribute and contribute and contribute, and then when they're not there, it just feels like, well, that's kind of weird that they're not going to be around anymore. Yeah. And every time you go outside and it's raining and the, the drops fall on your head, you're like, fucking Bert, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> or any time you go up to a pussycat and say, what's new? I know. You just think, you know, I know. Oh, poor Bert. Jesus, Bert, you hit the nail on the goddamn head. I say what's new to my cats all the time. They don't answer. No, they, 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 just, they just blank me. They're cats. No, they don't go, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, and I wish I could train them to do that because that would be phenomenal. That would be great. Can you imagine you, know if you could train your cats and whine in, in tune just when people come over. Yeah, yeah. No, you'd you'd have yourself a YouTube channel making money just hand over fist. People whining up to watch that shit. And start your own freak show. Hey, people will watch or listen to anything. I mean, we're proof of that. People listen to us, oh. so who are we to knock anyone else being so creative on the internet? Jesus, Randy? Uh, I have no idea why they listen to us. Anyhow. Well, should we, should we go to the internet? Speaking of that, yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think we should. I mean, so this one, I mean, last week's episode, obviously, these are the days of our lives, is a very, a very poignant, very meaningful song for most Queen fans, and we talked about that quite a lot. We did. and the comments really sort of reinforced that. And I don't, you know, I'm not going to go through. I don't think usually we go through all the Twitter comments, and we again super appreciate everyone who does leave those comments, but it was really the same thing coming out all the time. Um, and obviously there's a reason for that, um, is that that video is difficult to watch. And the song, you know, I, I think a lot of people did express that either they really loved the song or there were those people like you, Randy, who didn't think it was a particularly, you know, groundbreaking song or a 
top tier Queen song, but the yeah. emotion that's attached to it afterwards in retrospect, of course, yeah. just changes the way that people are going to listen to it. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's fair because, uh, whether the song, uh, the song itself moves you or not, I mean, who knows. Right. But, but, but it's the video really that makes you kind of blubber like a baby as Paul Bradbury had said. And we got a lot of chat back on, on Facebook too. Like I said, Randy, we're getting, you know, much more uh, chat on Facebook now. And I, there was a really good question um, that Nick Croft supposed to. So I just wanted to sort of talk about this a little bit. So said side question for Randy, and you, you did answer this on, on Facebook, but for our listeners, um, yeah. said side question for Randy, do you find it hard to vote good or bad on a track that you are hearing for the first time and stop and start the track five, six times during the playing? I would think you would need a full uninterrupted listen to get a good feel of the track. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and it is, it is like, and I had answered, I said, yeah, basically it, it is challenging and, you know, extremely unscientific, which is always kind of my joke, but, uh, but this was, this was the, the way the show was, was put towards me, uh, or, or put to me, I should say. And so, uh, we're just trying to honor the, the, the style of, of the program. And, you know, I, I, often afterwards I do give it a really good full listen without, you know, without stopping and, and then often, you know, I guess not often, but sometimes when we come back the following week, you know, if there's any sort of anything, if I feel if, if, you know, those listens make me feel any different than I, I usually bring them up then, but uh, yeah, it, it is, it's, it, it is tough, especially, you know, obviously for, for the ones I haven't heard and, and, you know, I've heard lots of them as well. So. Well, and that's a good time to bring up. Uh, maybe we'll just tease out that we are thinking about doing a sort of a season wrap episode, and we don't know exactly what format this is going to take yet. But the idea is that we do sort of, I wouldn't say rush necessarily, that's not quite the right word, but we do get through the song quite quickly without really focusing in on spending, you know, an hour or two hours or something, really listening to the song and, and picking the bones apart and whatever. Like, you know, the the Lap Pods guys do and Recovering Queen do, they really get into the, the nuts and bolts of it in a research way, which we don't do. And this because it's more conversational. So we're trying to think about how we want to do that. Um, and we'd be definitely open to suggestions if you have any suggestions. Um, because I think that would give us a chance to go back and look at some of those things and sort of say, okay, well, you know, on a full listen of these 10 songs, if we look at these 10 songs as, you know, because that's one of our seasons is 10 songs. What do we think of like, how would we rank them? How would we place them? What do we think of how they... You know, because obviously they're random songs from the catalog. How do they clash with each other? How do they fit with each other? What are the common elements? What are the separate elements? So I think that'll be kind of an interesting thing to do. So we'll figure that out and we'll um probably drop the first one, I think, at the end of this season is our plan, maybe, Randy. Hey. I think uh I think we should try and do some sort of a wrap-up episode at the end of each season. I, I think that would be good. And you know, it could even just be the the, the rankings of 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 you know what I mean? How many ups, how many yeses and how many no's and, and maybe go into the, some of the whys and stuff. So yeah, like, uh, like Kev said, saying, we're basically still figuring that out. Uh, and you know what, I guess the other thing too, is, uh, maybe we don't even need it, but it's just something we were thinking about. Yeah. And whether you want it or not, we're going to give it to you. <laughs> Would you like that? <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, learned. Yeah. I've learned that with my other podcast. You just put content out. Who's, who's going to stop you? No one can stop us, Randy. We're the kings of the world. Well, that's right. That's right. We but are. You know what, though? In fact, what... the princes of the universe is what we are. Well, yes, but I think we would like to uh, hopefully uh, do what you know what what might be interesting here. And I just wanted to shout out Randy, um, Sarah Chapman, from yeah. the Queen Pod Fans Facebook group, who's one of the admins of that. Um, fine 
collection of human beings who had posted and listened to the episode whilst he was out walking her dogs by the seaside. Um, always leaves really nice comments. But excitingly for me, she was wearing a Manchester United toque. Or I guess bobble hat, <laughs> we'd have to call it if we're in England. But so I'm a Manchester United fan too, which I hope we don't hopefully we don't lose any uh, listeners because of that. But it was great to find another red in the fandom. So I was very happy about that. Sports, go sports. Participants are heroes. <laughs> <laughs> you love your sports. You love it. I love it. I love working sports. Uh either way, hey, thank you so much for sending in the photo. It's uh in the comment. Very wonderful, Sarah. Thank you. Well, should we get to the poll, Randy? Or polls, mm. I should say, actually. Polls this week. We're, we're plural. We have one now on Facebook, Kev, I understand. We because Kev do. is the poll man. And uh... I'm the, I'm the poll king. <laughs> not, not, the, not the polka king from Planes, Trains and Automobiles, but the poll king. Who's that? What's the guy? What's that guy's the Polka King? What's his name from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles that um, Candy talks about? Fuck, I, I can't remember the name of that now. I don't remember. Gonna have to look that up. Oh, there you go, Gus, Gus Polinski, the Polka King. <laughs> oh, the Polka King. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I don't ever told you. So, like, we. I think it was. I'd been working from the the place I work for now. I think it was like the second or third year they had a they had a Christmas thing, which we don't do anymore. So there's like a there's like a rifle club and hunting association here in town, and that's where they held it out in this thing because we're wildlife at work and whatnot. And and so they've got this band in this band, and so that just as, as a glimpse of Saskatchewan life for those people who don't live here, which is pretty much fucking everyone who listens to this podcast, is they open up and they say, "Hey, yeah, we're such and such buddy. We're going to be playing some classic rock, and we're going to be playing a little bit of country, huh. and of course, a few polkas." <laughs> Because <laughs> you know, in Saskatchewan, you gotta play some polka. That's right. All right. So Facebook. Let's start with Facebook, Randy, because we always start with we always do the Twitter poll, and this is our first Facebook poll. So we got 39 votes on Facebook. Wonderful. 94.9% champion, 5.1% bites the dust. And then on Twitter, it was 91.4% champion and 8.6. So and so very similar, very in the same vein. And that didn't surprise me at all. Like, it's one of those things where, and I think that, again, someone commented that the same thing, it's, that it's not a, it's not one of the top tier songs, but it's just, it's so sentimental. And someone else had posted too, and I, I think, I can't remember whether we talked about this, but you do wonder whether with a different arrangement, it could even be a better song without those synths in. And like you pointed out, you know, get Roger actually playing some percussion on there. And maybe, maybe even a piano instead of that synth line could be interesting and good work you know what i mean just to give it sort of more of an organic analog mm-hmm. kind of feel to it yeah yeah you know it, it sounds it definitely sounds like a queen song uh uh you know but yet yeah there are some of those kind of elements that are you know makes you you know maybe they could have been changed or whatever to make it feel a little bit better but uh either way okay well you know i think we've i think we've yammered on enough we could probably get into the song for this week hey which we don't know what it is i think we should Okay, so I, I kind of I kind of ragged on you last week to be a bit more specific about what you wanted to listen to. And I think I gave you a specific song, didn't I? And you ended up giving me a specific song, which I believe was Hammer to Fall? Yeah, I think it's Maybe. a Hammer to Fall. We said Hammer okay, to Fall. All right, okay, we'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Hang on here now. I'll, I'll get real specific, but I want you to, to go first. All right. You want me to go first? No. Okay. Well, I want to listen to something. I'm not going to pick a specific song, but I'm going to pick a specific album. Okay. And I want to listen to that. And it's an album we haven't covered yet. I want to listen yep. to something from jazz. 
because yeah. that album is a bit of a mishmash. There's some monster hits from that record, some yeah. of their you know most well-known songs, and there's also some stuff that's a little bit more challenging, a little bit more different, a bit you know oddball and whatnot. So I think something from jazz would be kind of cool to talk about tonight. I'd like to hear Dancer from Hot Space. What do you think of that? Do you know the song? Was that the question? That's my question to you. No, I don't fucking know it. <laughs> but the title intrigues you, I can tell. Oh, yes. Ah, okay, well, hot, hot Space, yeah, I mean, we've had we had one, right? We had Action This Day. Mm -hmm. um, okay, well, I'll be okay with it with that, too. All right, well, why don't you click that mofo and see what happens? Let's do it. Let's just spin this fucking thing up. Oh, you know what I should do, though? First, I should shuffle, shouldn't I? I'm going to yeah. shuffle it um, twice mm -hmm. because that's the number of um, Super Bowl wins that Patrick Mahomes has. And I know that being a big NFL fan, especially being a big Kansas City Chiefs fan, mm -hmm. um, that, that will please you. So we'll, we'll shuffle twice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Me and football. Yep. <laughs> okay, here we go. It's quite hypnotic, isn't it? When it kind of spins around and you guys can't quite figure out where we're going and we are landing while well, we're getting something from hot space, are we? Oh, almost. I mean, man, really? Look, okay, so this is kind of crazy. We're getting a fourth track from an album and we almost got something from hot space, but what's the song we're going to be talking about tonight? Long Away from A Day at the Races. Okay, so as I pretty much always do, Randy... On the title of the song, do you think this is a song that you know? Uh, initially, just from the title, I am not aware of it at this particular okay. point. But, uh, you know, my musical memory for melodies and uh, rhythms and stuff is far better than my recollection for song titles. Okay, and I'm going to tell you now, I suspect that you probably do know this one. I, I think yeah. that probably you do know this one. Just... I think once yeah. it starts, once it starts to be one of those where you go, oh yeah, 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 I know this. Yeah, one. yeah, probably. Well, like even last week, right? Uh, uh, I wasn't sure that I had heard it, but uh, just from the title alone, of course, I had. So, these are the days of our lives. <laughs> you love that, don't you? Oh yeah, well you would too if you knew what I was referring to. I've I've seen those fucking horrendous American soap operas. My mother-in-law used to watch them, and my Oh, you love them. Ago. You love them. It's those things where nothing happens for eight months. They can spend like two yeah. two months of episodes just reading one fucking letter. Nothing happens. Well, well, it's because it's because they know that not everybody's watching every day, so they gotta <laughs> drag it out. Uh, not like I ever watched it, but uh... yeah, yeah, yeah. You love it. You're, you're more of a General Hospital or the the uh, what's, yeah. what's that? the bold the bold and the beautiful. Yeah, that's, yeah, you just, you know me so well, Kev, it's remarkable. The old and the heavily sedated. That's right. This is the point in the podcast where Randy and Kevin open various browser tabs and frantically Google various facts and miscellany in order to sound knowledgeable and well-researched. In the interest of time, this has been condensed into a short, but we think pithy, announcement. Goodbye. This song here was written by... Okay, I'm doing that again. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. <laughs> Are you? Written Fucking by... Right, I it sounded like I'm um, doing Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. uh, so, yes, hey, Mr. Brown, uh, you know who wrote this? It's a guy named Brian May. She clocks in at 335, 
It's got all the usual suspects playing the instruments. It was recorded October 26, 1976 at Wessex Sound Studios in London, as well as Sarm East Studios in London, uh, November 5th. Uh, we got Mike Stone Engineering, uh, produced by Queen. And uh, I guess I already said yes, in, in fact, written by Brian, and but not played on his, what does he call his funky guitar again? The Red Special. The Red Special. Yeah. It was, in fact, played on a Burns Trisonic, which uh, Kevin and I both decided we think is, is kind of an ugly guitar. <laughs> but uh, from what Brian says in this article, it uh, the guitar itself is what inspired the riff, which is cool. And, and that does happen occasionally. You'll get uh, anybody who's played any instruments will know, you know, sometimes you'll just get this instrument and just you pick it up and it's like, oh, man, this, you know, something just kind of comes out of it. And so that's kind of what it sounds like happened to Brian for this song. So uh, I never performed live with the original members. And I do believe it was performed live for the first time in 2010. Yeah. And one of, well, the, not to say one of it, it's the first song that we're going to listen to that Brian sings lead on. We've had a Roger lead. Uh, well, kind of a, I suppose, a split lead on Action This Day, but we've got a, we, we're getting a, a Brian May lead vocal on this one. You know what we should do is maybe listen to this. I just want one last thing oh, okay, quickly, yeah, though, is on. I didn't realize that this was actually released as a single in the US. Um, and in uh, the Queen All the Songs book, it, it kind of points out that it was a flop. And maybe one of the reasons was that listeners were surprised to hear Queen's new singer, right? Right. It's right. Brian singing the song, and it's not Freddie, and it's very definitely not Freddie. So yeah. I could kind of see how that might be might be the case. But you know what? I, it's not un, un-radio broadcastable, this song, as you will learn when we start to listen to it, which, as you pointed out, we should probably do right now. So that guitar tone is markedly different, isn't it? Sounds like the birds. That's exactly. What's well, that twelve string thing, right? That twelve string thing is that's just you can't really escape that with the birds, right? With that sound. Yeah, uh, the birds did all the stuff on the Rickenbacker, but I think it was actually a Fender uh, twelve string. But anyhow, I digress. Wait, sorry, I'll just. Okay, so what the, the birds? Yeah, because the birds played Rickenbackers, because that's why Petty mm. and Mike Campbell played. But what what's yeah. the Fender reference? The birds actually I, played I, it on a Fender. I do believe they're actually played on Fenders in the studio, and then in the on the stage they would. Use Rickenbackers because they looked cooler. Ah, well, that's really interesting. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you could fact check me. I could be wrong, but uh, it seems to me that's the the recollection I have. Yeah, from reading somewhere. Yeah, but that you know, and that Burns though doesn't sound anything like a, a Rickenbacker or a Fender. It's got almost I don't know. Do you it's almost like a a banjoy type resonance to it? You know what I mean? Yeah, well, it, it, you know, it almost makes you wonder. Yeah, it almost sounds like there's a mandolin playing along with it or something. But I'm not saying that's the case. I've heard 30 seconds or whatever. So. You got to listen to the bass line on this, man. 
It's a fucking wicked cool bass line that John's playing. Sounds great. Yeah. And again, that whole this whole album, we've touched on this before and we've covered other songs, four, three other songs on this album. I love the production on this album. And, it, you know, we, we talked about Drows and Roger's vocals being a little bit lower. And you could maybe say the same thing with Brian's on this one. We're yep. slightly further back in the mix. And I wonder if sometimes if that's just a bit, you know, you've, you've got Freddie Mercury sitting over there. I oh, don't necessarily want to be fully up in the mix because I can't sing quite as well. I don't very much doubt that's the thing. But it, it sounds really good. Like you can hear the bass really, really well. And the drums sound really good. Every, all the bits sound. You've got that good, you know, I used to talk to you about that separation of sound. I love that yep. sort of that engineering trick that you managed to do that. You, you guys who do produce and sound engineering that you can really hear all the distinct parts where with Schmoles like me, when I record little demos, this fucking sounds like a mud because I don't know about all that frequency stuff and separating out those frequencies. And so I love the way this song sounds. Yeah. I was just going to say that it's all about separating the frequencies about which, uh, how those instruments live in, in those frequencies, knowing what they are. And one thing I guess I normally sort of talk about and point out is, uh, this song is in the key of A, which uh, written by Brian makes complete sense because guitar players like A and E, uh, they're just really nice go-to chords and a bit like piano players like, you know, like C and G. Uh, not to say that guitar players can't play in any of those keys either, but it's a real natural fit to, to, to write an A. So, yeah. So we're going to head back into the chorus here. Yes. And now we get, so it's been, you know, Brian's vocal, and Brian's a very, again, Roger's very distinctive, and obviously Freddie's just the fucking king of all of it all, but Brian's got a very distinctive voice too, and I don't always love Brian's voice when he's trying to do a really sort of hard rocker, but this one of these, these mid-tempo songs where they are a little bit poppy and they are a little bit lighter and fluffier, I think it kind of suits his voice really well, right? Yeah, it's it, I don't know. He sounds great, man. I think it sounds really cool. I, I like I like the I like his timber. I think it's good. Well, we're gonna get a little bit of Freddie coming in on the uh, on some harmonies here. So I'll we'll let the yes. chorus play out and see what you think of this. Yes, please. We talk about this uh, time and again, uh, but as soon as you get all those, all the members of Queen, I'm not exactly sure who exactly who all is in there, but it just starts to sound like Queen, right? So yeah, we got Freddie, we got Roger Taylor. Okay, so obviously we got the main, you know, the main suspects all singing in there, and it just instantly goes like from this song, uh, it sounds, you know, it sounds kind of like somebody I might know too. It's like oh, oh, that's that's Queen, <laughs> yeah. And I was I was gonna ask you i mean this again i'm just one of these nerd out geeky kind of questions but a, a snare sound in a song can, can I, and again i listen to drums lots because i'm a hack fucking drummer but a snare sound can really 
make or break a song sometimes. If it fucking sucks, then it's like, ah, oh, God, you know, yeah. it's so crisp on this song. Yeah. And the balance of it's just exactly where it needs to. It's so good, man. Like the drums sound, the, the whole rhythm section actually in this song sound fantastic. So, it sounds great. And I'll say, just I'll add this to uh, the snare conversation and, and maybe the whole drum kick conversation, but definitely for the, a snare drum, it's a very much a stylistic thing and it changes with the times. And, uh, you know, if you listen to like songs in the nineties with that big, huge poppy, massive snare and yeah. all these different eras. Uh, but yeah, this, this is really sounds of the era and sounds really great. I mean, you know, Roger, you know, Rod, Rod, Rod can play. Yeah. He knows, again, he knows how to tune his drums, right? Well, and again, it goes back to what we were talking about, you know, and what people were talking about online and what we were talking about last week. Why are you not letting this guy play? Like you said, I mean, yeah. he knows how to get a good drum sound. He's not fucking Lars Ulrich who couldn't fucking discern a good drum sound if his life depended on it. Roger knows what he's doing, you know? And he's got engineers around him and, and producers who know how to get that sound. So, ah, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to tear into Metallica too much because I know people love him, so... that hang i just love how they drag that out you know you yeah. get like two bars of just that sustained note and of course that's the red special that's you know there's no mistake in that tone doesn't you know that's you know and it, it's uh, great because it cuts through the it cuts through that 12 string beautifully and and john's really quite active hey especially mm -hmm. in that last section really cool yeah really nice playing super tight never doesn't miss a note doesn't miss a he's never slightly early slightly late anything it's just perfection right and those, so I mean, the way that Brian's playing those chords too, he's really again, they're he's not hitting them. It's not it's not a big attack to sort of play. I don't know. There's probably a term here, Randy, that you can elucidate me on, but it's not like a chang. It's more drang. It's got that ring to it. So what's right. that called when you when you ring and it's played out over the beat, right? Well, yeah. You mean like when he's raking the strings like that? Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because it's almost like a harp feel to it, because <laughs> like, that's how you yeah. play a harp, right? So yeah, yeah. So instead of trying to hit all the strings kind of simultaneously, I mean, you know what I mean. But yeah, you yeah. rake, you rake your pick over, yeah, and yeah. So yeah. what's the what's the technical term for that, Rand? You don't know, do you? You don't know. Rake, rake, rake the strings. <laughs> pick over the fucking strings, man. I'll bet there's. I'll bet there's an actual. I'm going to look it up later, but okay, all right. And I'll post. I'll post it on Twitter, and I'll, I'll look like I'm the smart one in this conversation. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. That's good. You can... You are the smart one, so. Okay, I'm going to stop it right here because I'm pretty sure this is the point. There's a fucking wicked cool Tom Phil that Rog puts in here, and I think it's here. And if I'm wrong, okay. again, this is just going from memory, I think it's here, and it's it's so fucking cool. So I'm, I'll play it forward and just, just listen. I think it's here. Oh. 
wrong it was actually a kicking tom that he was playing but it's just that it's got that real yeah, kind of it sounds like yeah, it's sounds just like roger a, taylor right like it sounds like a floor tom to me but yeah it's roger going crazy on his drums even in a song like this where he's like he's getting a bit bored behind the kit just keeping the backbeat going fuck it i'm throwing this in yeah hey this song's great let's play it faster so i can play faster <laughs> it's not loud I'm enough i'm drumming over here come on <laughs> song by queen okay so do you recognize that one do you think you have heard that one uh if if i've heard it i'd forgotten it let's put it okay. that way yeah again i think this is a pretty i think it's a pretty good lyric man like i really like this lyric it's got you know it's quite yeah. I, I was thinking i was thinking about how we we like to take a piss on roger and tear him apart uh and these are these are Brian's lyrics, and uh, yeah, they're they're better. <laughs> <laughs> they are they they're just better. They just are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm not like I'm not saying he's uh, Shakespeare or anything, but it's yeah. uh, you know I mean mo most pop lyricists aren't, uh, but uh, it's good. It's good. Well, and that sort of the the. I don't know, the sentiment in the chorus, did we leave our way behind us, such a long, long way behind us? It's that kind of idea, I think, to me, of have we sort of, well, have we lost our way? Like, are we are yeah. we going in the wrong direction? And, it, you know, you know what, Randy? I think that there's a, you can draw a real parallels to the way the, the state of the world today, and, of course, this song was written in 1976, so Brian's very prescient here in, in describing societal collapse in its uh, in its social choices. Wow, look at Kev with the big brain over there, hey? <laughs> Drawing big comparisons. Big bullshit energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I would not care to say for every star in heaven and a you know. Yeah. Sounds like he's sounds like he's like run the numbers, you know what I mean? It's like trying to figure it out, right? Yeah. But there's also sort of a resignation to it too, right? So yeah. You've got that sort of lonely as a whisper on a star chase. Does anyone care anyway? Well, that's you know, it's kind of got that Yeah. It, you know, and the answer, it. I'll answer that. No. <laughs> yeah, there it, you go. It's all fucked. We're if, all fucked. You know. Just in case Brian wants to ring me up or whatever and ask me ask me that question, I got the answer. <laughs> Does anybody care anyway? No. No, no. Brian. The answer is no. no Brian. <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> oh. So yeah, so it, you immediately you got that birds thing right that, that that people were talking about, and I, I I get a lot less of a Beatles thing from it for sh for sure to me. Like I definitely a huge birds thing, but not really a whole bunch of Beatles in that to me. Yeah, I yeah, 
uh, and who was saying it that it sounds Beatle esque? In sort Just, of a couple of the re- um, newspaper, the kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like definitely, it's it's to me, it's got b- major birds overtones with obviously with <laughs> with you know with a twelve string sound, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I was going to actually mention when I brought up as soon as you hear. Uh, you know the backing vocals. Yeah, it sounds like Queen. Well, and that this is a this is a signature Brian May guitar solo. It sounds like yeah, you know exactly what you. That's what I want to hear Brian do. You know what I mean? That's what I w- want him here. You know, and I know he can probably play in a, a bunch of different styles and a bunch of different ways and all stuff. But I, I just love hearing all that all that stuff, right? So, and and he and he does it so well. Well, let's just listen to solo again quickly, Randy, because like I said, to me. When you bring in, because you've got this, you know, this big birdsy full twelve string, and he's he's got that, he's raking the 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 pick and whatever. So you get this big sort of full thing, but then when that solo comes in, it's like it's this, it's like a fucking jackknife coming or like a a bandsaw or something. You know what I mean? Like it's got that real yep. cold edge to it, which sounds super cool. And it's it's got it's got that. I'm gonna use a big word here, Randy. I'm gonna I'm gonna call it juxtaposition. Between oh. the rhythm sound and the lead sound song. Who juxta who? Where's that guy from? It, it, it's a, it's an old uh, medieval Latin word that means oh. fuck. Oh, cool. Yeah. Let's hear it, Kev. It's like I said, right? There's no, <laughs> you hear that, there's, you know who it is immediately. No. It's interesting because he takes off on a melody, then you think, you think, oh, oh, he's going here, and and then he doesn't. He'll just let that hang, and then he'll bring in two other other guitars doing <laughs> harmonies that kind of take it somewhere else, yeah. and that guitar that he's leaving hang, then all of a sudden will kind of come back up, and yeah, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. I, you know, you know, such a, you know ingenuity in his playing well it's funny right because you know we, we talk about everyone focuses on bohemian rhapsody when you talk about queen and freddie's operatic thing but that what brian's playing there is very symphonic yeah, he's layering sure. parts in in harmony and, and counterpoint and he's, he's building these sort of oral textures that that's what that's what violins do in an orchestra that's what the brass section does in an orchestra you know yep and he's doing it in this three and a half minute pop song it's very hey, cool. Man, all the best musicians borrow from the best musicians. So you're saying that uh, Queen is a thief, eh? Yes, I am. We're all thieves. All musicians are thieves. All creatives are thieves. All you can do is just draw on what you know. So it's not really thievery. It's 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 honoring. It's uh, wow. it's paying homage. I know that you're not a huge fan of you too, but one of my favorite Bono lyrics is. Every artist is a, every artist is a cannibal. Every poet is a thief. And yeah. I think there's a truth in that, right? Yeah. Well, I think it's pretty much just what I said, except uh, he said it and he's Bono. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kevin. So you know, I know we just listened to this wonderful song here by Queen. Imagine that. Hey, this is a Queen podcast, and we're listening to Queen songs. So, my question to you is: uh, Is this a champion, or does this bite the dust? Yeah, I mean, again, we talked about this on the Drows episode. I'm, I'm just gonna have a bit of a hard time 
downvoting very much for this album, if anything. Maybe one song that I can think of, but I, I'll throw it back over to you, Randy. So for you, I mean, again, I think, like you said, if you've heard this, you've forgotten that you heard it. So you kind of hear them with, with a fresh set of ears. So for you, is this one one of the champions or is this one going to bite the dust? Like the last song from A Day at the Races that we heard. So I, I know, Kev, that we have no, we've decided we're not going to do a third option. Uh, and I really, really think that we shouldn't. I, I really like the, the two option uh, version here of all of this. So uh, having said that, you know, is, is this my favorite Queen song? Uh, you know, it's not. Uh, and, and I should, and I should, and I will go back and listen to it on its own in its entirety. Uh, so, but so I still do love it. I think it still has all those essential queen things, things that I love. I love the most, uh, you know, and, and, you know, good, good lyric writing by Brian, you know, and, and I suppose maybe on repeated listens, it, it might become a favorite of mine. And I, I, I don't have any emotional attachment to this from, from being a young kid listening to this. Yeah. Uh, so that's, so that's where I sit with it. So, yeah. It, it's difficult because it's like that mole on the back of your arm, right? It's just like these, these songs for me, a lot of them are just the part of who I am, the part, you know what I mean? Like the part of my experience as a human being on this fucking planet. And they're just, they've always been there. And this is a song that I've been listening to for, well, it was released in 1976 and I'm sure I heard it not long. I would have been three at the time. I'm sure I heard it not long after because, you know, this album was around my whole childhood. Um, But I just love I kind of love everything about this song. I think it's that one of those where you get Brian singing it, and I, it's one of the rare occasions where I don't know if Freddie would have sung this one. Okay, not not as well, but I don't think it would be as pleasing sonically if Freddie had sung this one because I think it suit this one suits Brian's voice really, really well, and not all the songs he sang do. Yeah, and I don't think he's one of the best rock and roll singers in the world. But this song just works. And what I love about it is, you know, like we were talking about, you can hear those big harmonies when they come in. It's just like, oh, yeah, there you go. That's Queen. But it's different because you've got Brian taking the primary and Freddie, you can hear Freddie distinctly in the background, but he's in the background. He's, he's providing those harmonies. So you've got that different dynamic to those, even to those harmonies. Yeah. And again, with the, with the different guitar and the 12 string in there. Here's a question for you, Randy. Why? What is it about a 12 string guitar that you just automatically think of the birds? I mean, they weren't the only people who used them. The Hollies yeah. used them, and the the Beatles, you know. But why is it the birds? They've just they've got this sort of stranglehold yeah. on that Sonic. Just because they they're the ones that made it the most famous, and that's I mean I, I can't think of any other reason. But I was going to bring up this point too, which I I think is uh, maybe worth talking about. So Brian, or I'm sorry, uh, Freddie doesn't do anything other than just place uh, or do some vocals on this. Yeah, and and now they didn't ever play the song live, but we let's just assume that they didn't know that when they were recording the song. Why wouldn't they have got Freddie to lay some piano down, or 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 to, you know what I mean? Because you know, it, I'm always thinking when I record a song for my band, I'm always thinking about how we're going to play this live. Yeah, and I don't try to make it dictate what I'm going to do, but it's definitely something in my head. And you know, this track it could have used with a little bit of piano or or whatever. I mean. Freddie presumably could play other things too. I have no idea what he could play, but it's interesting that just they just have him singing on it is all I'm yeah. saying. When when they could have had him playing 
who knows? I mean, it would have added, it would have had a whole different dynamic to the tune, right? It would. I don't know if I don't know. I don't know if a piano would work on this song. It would. You think so? Yeah, I absolutely okay. do. Okay. And I think that is part of it, though, because performatively, Queen, you know, I mean, Fred is your front man. I mean, of course you're going to lean on him. And now, now, you know, they would do I'm in love with my car, and Roger would sing that. And so yeah. Freddie would would smash away at the piano on that one. So I can I get why it wasn't played live from that standpoint because there isn't anything for Freddie to do. Yeah, and he's not one of those guys like Gillen, who's Ian Gillen, who's going to just wander off stage and take a fucking sixty minute fag break while you know Richie Blackmore shreds all over. You know what I mean? It's not that kind of it's not that kind of band. So I, I I'm sure they, that's what that. they called it was a Siggy break when he went off stage. Oh yeah, there you go. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, but I'm sure. I'm sure it was more than just that. Co- cocaine and several what? women. What are you talking about? Deep purple, never. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's. I think it's just. I think it's just a lovely. Day of the Races has got that kind of again. Like if you ever got once we're done, because we're going to get through fucking Day of the Races in about the next eight weeks by the sounds of it. You go back and listen to that album, and it's got a. It, there's a lightness to it. The you know if you compare it to sort of the real heavy shit on Sheer Heart Attack or some of the stuff on News of the World, maybe. Date the Races is 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 very poppy, and of course it's no, it's got one of the heaviest songs they ever wrote on there as well. Yeah, but it's got a pop sensibility to it that as a through line that runs through it. So I like it for that. Like, and and it fits in the album really, really well. Now, like you said, is it is it top fifty percent? Ah, jeez, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'd have to sit down and map that out. It's not far off if it is. If it isn't, if it is, if it isn't, I think it's there and thereabouts. But I just, I just really fucking like this song. You know what I mean? Like, I just, it makes me feel happy, Randy. Well, then, then it's done its job, right? Mm-hmm. The band's done its job. Brian's done its job. Everybody's done their job. If, if it just makes you happy, then uh, mission accomplished. Absolutely. Or sad. A song can make you sad too. Can make you melancholic, well, right? Just to take you out of your world for for a little bit, man. That's what music should do. That's that. Yeah, that's its primary sure. purpose, in my opinion. Well, it's, it does. It sort of has that. There is, especially when they have that sort of uh, long, sustained. It's not quite. It's not feedback, but it's got. It's, it's feels a little bit like it's got a bit of an edge to that side of it, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it has got that ethereal quality to it. And then they come back in off that note. You know, take heart, my friend. We love you, though it seems like you're alone. So you, you come back in, and it's 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 got a sense of not dread, but sort of it's got a pensive quality to it that I think, I don't know, it's just, it's, I think it's a very well-constructed three and a half minutes. We talk about this lots, right? Like arrangement, arrangement, arrangement. Cut out what you don't need. Get rid of the fat, like get it down to its, you know, component parts. And I, I do like, I love the big bombast of, of Queen and I love the big bombast of bands like Genesis and Rush and those kinds of bands. But when you hear a band that can really strip a song down to its, to its bare bones and get every last drop of emotion and nuance and sonic quality out of three and a half minutes. It's pretty fucking cool. I think the song does a pretty good job of that. I I would say, I would say this, Kev, I would say that there's not a lot of fat to trim off this one, if, if any. So yeah, you're right. Well, and I can see why Brian thought this was going to be a a big pop tune because it's the perfect length. It's what is it? Verse course, verse course, verse course. You know what I mean? Like it's sort of, sort of meets kind of all of the, the requirements, right? Uh, it's got a cool riff, but you know, not everything can hit, right? So, and you know, well, I would say that I would say that Queen had a pretty, eh, pretty decent career, despite this one not being a big hit. 
<laughs> I mean, <laughs> but you look at day of the races. I mean, tie your mother down. You've got yeah. somebody to love. Yeah. You've got good old fashioned lover boy. You've got you and I, which we haven't covered yet. And you've got yeah. you take my breath away, which we haven't covered. I mean, there's songs on there that are. This isn't this. You know, as much as I like this song, it's not top five on this album, which is pretty no. cool. That there are you know half the songs of this album are definitely better than this song, even though I like this song. So. Yeah, well, I mean, and there again, uh, that's that's Queen, right? There's there's high highs and uh, there's some low lows, but when Absolutely. they're but but when they're at their height, they're they're exceptional, and then and then they have songs like this that are just really fucking good, but yeah. you're still comparing them to those high highs, right? Yeah, of course. It's like course. it's like Michael Jackson trying to follow up Thriller. It's like, well, I mean, that's a that's an exercise in futility, right? <laughs> you could just you could just go and and just lay down and, and call it a day of course an artist you know I mean, you can't and you shouldn't do that but but that's that's the legacy that these guys are dealing with okay well you know what randy i think um i'm, I'm you wanted um what did you what did you say you wanted i can't remember now i've lost, lost yeah, all fucking uh, oh you uh dancer you said from hot space that's right that's right yes and i wanted something from jazz i'm kind of glad we got this tonight again like you know i wasn't i didn't think i was ready for these are the days of our lives last week Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kind of glad we got that one out of the way because I know that was I knew that was going to be a tough one to talk about mm-hmm. with, with the video and whatnot. Yeah. Again, a song that is very familiar, very comfortable. It's like a, it's like going home for me. It's like you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's going back to the mid to late seventies in Wigan in a council house in a you know like like in two up two down and having yeah. the big headphones on listening to these records on my mom and dad's record player and just fallen in love with this band this is one of the albums that did that for me so it's great to kind of dip my feet back in those waters again really it's like a it's like a warm blanket for kevin totally is a warm comfortable blanket in wigan with his (laughs) mom tucking him in (laughs) telling him that everything's going to be all right Which uh, my mum's listening to the, well, my mum listens to all this, so I was gonna I was gonna say something I was gonna say something very cheeky and very sort of no, uh, don't do it, I'm, not, I'm not gonna anything now because no, don't do love it, you, man. Love you, mum. <laughs> there you go. That's the right thing to say. Okay, well, Randy, let's sign off and give the last word to Mister Freddie Mercury, who doesn't sing on this song, but he's gonna have the last word tonight. Hey, thanks for listening, folks. Good night. Well, isn't that nice of you to give us a listen? You really should give yourself a pat on the back. We'd like to know what you think about Queen, so you can find us on Facebook at Seaside Pod Review and on Twitter at Queen Seaside. If you get some time, go check out the Deep Dive Podcast Network. Loads of cool stuff on there. We'll be back with you next week to spin up another song from this wonderfully diverse catalog. I'm not giving you a kiss. I'm just a musical prostitute, my dear.